So as we get started talking about fear and surrendering fear, let me ask you a question. Have you ever, have you ever heard something like this before? Real Christians aren't afraid. Or may, maybe you heard it this way. Good Christians don't struggle with fear. Or maybe something along the lines of genuine Christians have faith, not fear. And my guess is that you've probably heard something along those lines, whether uh, somebody preached a sermon on fear or, or you've seen some post on social media or some poster somewhere that said something along those lines. And, and if you've heard that, then you're probably one of the many people who then wrestle with this question of, well, if that's the case, then what's, what's wrong with me? Right, well, what am I doing wrong that I struggle with fear? Why, why don't I have enough faith? Why doesn't my fear just disappear? Well, this morning as we're continuing our series on surrender, we're going we're gonna to talk about this idea of fear. How do we surrender our fear? What does that look like? How do we deal with fear? But first, I think we need to really be clear on, on what kind of fear do we need to surrender? Because we have, uh, a, I think there's a lot of confusion because we have to talk about what, what kind of fear are we talking about. And we have our good old English language to thank for this. Because when we read the Bible and we talk about fear, we get all sorts of different kinds of fear lumped together. And so different things, we say fear for the same thing, but really we're talking about different things. So then when we talk about surrendering our fear, it gets confusing because we just blend everything together and and get some confusion. So before we talk about how do we surrender our fear, we need to talk about what kind of fear we need to surrender and, and what kind of fear there is. So we're going to spend a little time here at the beginning talking about definitions, which I know you guys are just excited about this morning. Yay! All right, so let's talk about this. And, and the first type of fear that we need to talk about is, is and these are my definitions, so they're right. No, just kidding. Um, the first type of fear we need to talk about is healthy fear. Healthy fear. And the title healthy fear probably gives you a hint that it's good. Right? There's this idea of healthy fear is something that's important for us because healthy fear really shows us our place in the world. It lets us know where we fit in. It gives us a correct view of the world. Because let's be honest, the world that we live in is a dangerous, scary place filled with hurt Danger, destruction, evil. There are things that you should be afraid of in the world. And so healthy fear keeps us safe. It alerts us to those dangers. And so having a healthy sense of fear is a good thing. Right? The, 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 you know the person who had no fear? That's the person who died of the thing they should have been afraid of. Right? There, there's this sense that fear keeps us safe. Right? Now, let me explain this a little bit because we have to keep in mind that, that who we are and how we grew up affects that. Right? It plays a big role in the way that we deal with fear. So as we're talking about this, keep in mind that I am a six foot three, 280-pound former football and rugby player. And that affects the way I see the world and the way I fear things in the world. And so there are some fears, even though I'm different than you, I, I might be bigger than you, some of you are bigger than me, right? But some of you are stronger than me, but that affects, we still have some of the same fears, 
So one of the fears that I have that's probably similar to a lot of you is, is this healthy fear of reckless drivers. Right? Have you ever been on a highway near someone who's just out of control and oblivious to the world around them? That should cause you some fear. Right? We just took a, a road trip to see family, and, and after putting on 4,000 plus miles on the van, there were definitely moments in that trip where there was fear. Because I've got my whole family and a ton of stuff loaded in this van, and we're driving across Wyoming at 80 miles per hour, and there's another 1,000-pound vehicle nearby who's just swerving around. And I was fearful of that. And that was a healthy fear. It caused me to be alert and cautious and <laughs> slow down and avoid that person. That's a healthy fear. I have what I like to think is a healthy fear of grizzly bears. <laughs> I, I, grew, I grew up in, in the Northwest. It was a real thing. When you would go on hikes as a family, we went camping, you know, it's, it's always comforting when you pull into a campsite and there's this steel box, and it's the bear box, and they provide it to you so you can put your stuff in there and lock it up so the bears won't get it. And then you sleep in a little tent next to it. Right? But anyways, we would go hiking. Like, we always were just aware of the fact there are bears in the area. My parents didn't have to tell us, but we were supposed to be loud. We just, me and my siblings were loud anyways as we hiked, right? But, but it's a healthy fear. Because I know I've heard the songs about Davy Crockett, but I think that was a black bear, not a grizzly bear. But I'm not him, and so I'm not looking to wrestle a bear. It's a healthy fear that keeps me safe. Right? And you guys can probably think of this too. There's lots of healthy fears, venomous animals. I think it's a healthy fear that we should probably keep away from. I've, I've you know, you can think of those. They're, they keep us safe. They show us where we belong in the world. Because we're not invincible. Right? Some of my healthy fears, though, are different than you. Again, because of who I am and who you are, my, some of my fears are different. I have a fear of small plastic chairs. All right, there's some other of you out there with me. You may not have thought about this, but I often think about when I go to sit down on a chair, I think about it because I have had chairs fail me before. And it's a fear that I have. All right? I also think of ladders. Right? I don't know if you know this, it's not heights for me, I don't mind heights. But I don't know if you know, but most of the ladders that you can go out and buy have a 250-pound weight capacity. I exceed that. And so as I climb ladders, it doesn't stop me. Maybe there's a problem there. But like as I climb ladders, I'm, I'm conscious of that. Like this, there's some extra danger that I'm walking into. Right? But you get the idea that fear keeps us safe. And so healthy fear is not something that we need to surrender. We need to acknowledge, and we see this played out as we read the Bible. We see stories where people had a healthy fear. And we'll talk, we, it'll come up a lot here in the next couple of months as we get close to Christmas, because we talk about it all the time. In Luke chapter 2, we see the shepherds out at night. These are shepherds who had a good sense of fear. Their job was to protect sheep from wild animals and raiders, right? So they're, they're on guard, ready to defend and in the middle of the night, all of a sudden, the sky lights up, and there's these, I don't know how, 
angelic beings, right? And that's, we just like angels. I don't know what they look like, right? But if all of a sudden, in the still of the night, the night lights up and these angelic beings are there and they're singing, the shepherds were terrified. And that was a healthy fear, right? What, what is the angel's first thing to him? It's like, don't be afraid. Right? And you see that played out time and time again, right? Mary, when she meets the angel, the angel's response, don't be afraid. Joseph, don't be afraid. <laughs> Zechariah, don't be afraid. We talked about it last week. Matt talked about when the disciples were with Jesus and they see Jesus in his glory in the Mount of Transfiguration. They're told to not be afraid. Right? They're put at ease, but their natural fear, their healthy fear is that there is something bigger, better, stronger, greater than me. I should be afraid. And so we do have healthy fear. It keeps us safe. But for the rest of today, as we're talking about surrendering our fear, it's not something that we need to worry about. We don't need to not have healthy fears. We do need to have those. The second type of fear that that we need to uh, talk about and define is is fear of God. Sometimes you can read the Bible and in one point it says, fear not, and in another place it says, fear God, and then you're like, well, those don't match up. And it's because as we translate this, we're really talking about this idea of awe and wonder, and that our fear of God should cause us to worship. And really it's this opportunity when we get a glimpse, when we start to understand who God is, the greatness of God, and in comparison, (laughs) the depths of our sin. And how small and insignificant we are. That should cause us to worship. And that's what the, the fear of God is. Right? If you ever go out at night and you get a chance to just look at the stars and, and maybe for a minute start to try to comprehend the vastness of the universe. And as you start to, to understand how big the universe is and know that God holds that in his hands. That he's the creator of all of it. That he's in control over everything. And you catch a glimpse of how insignificant you are. That should cause us to worship. And on our trip out west, we got lots of chances just, just to, stop, uh, to, to stop and be in awe of God's creation. As we drove across the continental divide. As we got to, to, to drive on the Bonneville salt flats and see the vast expanse of the salt desert. As we got to see uh, the Snake River Canyon and Shoshone Falls, and you see all these natural wonders that just cause you to be in awe of a God who made all of that. And you, again, see how small you are in comparison. And yet, as we know the truth of God's word, that even though we are that insignificant and that small in comparison to God's creation, He knows us by name, that He loves us. That he pursued us and rescued us. Psalm 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. First Chronicles 16.25 Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. This isn't a fear of, of danger and it isn't something that we're to be afraid of God. But it's fear and awe and wonder that cause us to marvel at his greatness and his power and his goodness. 
And so this isn't a fear that we need to surrender. Really, this is the fear that causes us to surrender and brings us to a point of surrender. So again, this is a fear that we don't need to worry about surrendering that fear. And so both of those first two categories, healthy fear and and this fear and awe of God, aren't the ones that we talk about when we talk about having no fear and surrendering our fear. And so when we do talk about this, as we wrestle through this and how do we surrender, really we're talking about this last type of fear. And it's a fear that freezes us in our tracks. Now a fear that freezes us in our tracks may start out as a healthy fear. It may start out as something that's normal to be afraid of and we should be afraid of, but then it grows out of proportion. And it grows to be something that defines us. Or it grows to be something that, that, that controls us or prevents us from living our life the way that we, we should. Or it prevents us from doing the things that God has called us to do. This is the fear that we want to talk about. This is the fear that we need to wrestle with and learn to surrender. And in our culture... We often think that the correct way to deal with this kind of fear, right? The correct way to deal with fear is to man up. We need to to pump up our faith and confront our fear face to face and overcome it. When we read the Bible, we hear preachers and they challenge us to conquer our fear. As a follower of Jesus, we, we don't need to have fear. And they use verses like this one. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of sound mind. And that's a true thing, right? That's God's word to us. But most of the time, it's used to shame you because you do have fear. It's not used to encourage or comfort. It's mishandled. We hear hear preachers or we read Bible stories about David and Goliath. David had no fear and charged at at this giant, even though David was a a young boy who didn't have the right equipment. And we we talk about Abraham, who by faith just headed out into the unknown, left the known everything and followed after the, the voice of God. And we hear stories about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and and Daniel, and and these guys who, who willingly were thrown into the lion's den or to the fiery furnace, and they had faith that overcame their fear. And we hear this message, no fear, just faith. And the problem is that that's that's so simplistic, and it's unbiblical. We need to talk about how do we overcome our fear. Because it's not that easy. As we read those, if we read those stories and we just simply get the message that we need to man up, pump up our faith and overcome fear, then we we completely miss the point. See, because we fall in this trap, in my own strength, in my own capabilities, I I can handle a lot of things. I can overcome a lot of hardships. My, my parents raised me well and equipped me well to, to take on this life. And so I can, I can do a lot of stuff on my own. But there's so much stuff that, that is just unknown. Right? David didn't train to face a giant. He wasn't equipped for that. Abraham didn't know what he was doing when he trusted God. He was 
being asked to do something that was completely out of the, out of the, the un, out of the known. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't, didn't have, didn't know what they were doing. They, they had already faced so much. They weren't prepared to, to face this choice of being thrown into a fiery furnace. I don't know where my life's going to take me. I don't know what hardships might come. I don't know what the economy is doing. I don't know what politics are happening. I don't, I don't have confidence in any of that. I don't know what's going to happen with the threat of, of war and danger. I, I have no control over over physical hardships or sickness that may come my way. I'm not, I'm not prepared for that. I'm not equipped for that. And what am I supposed to do? Just somehow magically pump up my faith and man up. It's not going to work. So I want to read another Bible story. I would like you to join me in this. Matthew chapter 8. We're going to read another story about how do, we, how do we deal with fear? How do we surrender our fear? When we get past this point of a healthy fear and concern and, and get locked in our tracks. And this is early on in Jesus' ministry as the disciples are now following him and, and they've seen him do some, some things. He's taught and they've heard him teach the, the crowds and they've seen him perform some miracles. And, and all of a sudden they get in a boat to travel across the sea. So starting in verse 23, it says, Then he got in the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So how do we surrender our fear? You see, it's not manning up. It's, it's childing up. It's having childlike faith. And when we face our fear, we, we turn to Jesus. And so here's what I want to do the rest of our time this morning. I want to look at how do we do that? How do we, how do we surrender our fear? And the first thing is simply that, is that we, fear should cause us to run to Jesus. That's what the disciples did in this story, right? These are disciples who, they were experienced fishermen, most of them were. So when the storm came up, they were probably, they knew what to do. They started to man the boat and take care of things. Some of them, like Levi as a tax collector, he might have been <laughs> afraid, in a healthy way, because he didn't know what was going on. He was probably clinged to it. But the rest of the disciples are, are working the storm, trying to take care of things. But when things get out of control, when they realize that, that there's, there's something going on here, right, we, can't, we can't make this, they run to Jesus. And they wake him up and say, Jesus, help. And I want you to notice something. Do you, do you notice in this story when they come, Jesus says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? I think oftentimes, as I've read this story, I see them, like, again, there's, there's the message. Disciples, you should know better. Pump up your faith. Handle the fear. But no, Jesus, Jesus wasn't correcting them and rebuking them. Who did he, re he rebuked the wind and the waves. But he encouraged the disciples. 
Guys, our fear should cause us to run to Jesus. It's a childlike faith. Think about it with kids. You walk into a strange environment with different people. What do, what do kids do? They, they cling to their parents. Right? Because they know they can trust their parents. I don't know, you know, they're, they're thinking, I don't know this place. I don't know where we're going. I don't know all these people. But I know my dad, and so my kids would cling to my leg. Because they knew they were safe. And this is what we see in all those Bible stories that we listed earlier, right? David confronts a giant. He's not just like, I can do this. He, he, he turned to Jesus and he says, I know that my God is bigger. I know that my God is the one to be feared. So I don't care about what this giant does. And Abraham, as he walked into the unknown, he turned to Jesus going, I trust that God is going to do what he says he's going to do, and I'm going to trust him. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even though they, they're, they're facing a, a terrible decision, bow and disobey God or get thrown in a f- furnace, they say, I'm going to trust God. And they look back at the past of how God had protected them. Even though their, their land had been conquered and they were hauled off to a foreign land as slaves and servants, they could look and say, here's how God has been faithful and here's how God has cared for me. And so they were able to say, my God can, can protect me. But even if he doesn't, I'll trust him. You see, each of those people walked by faith. And it's not that they had all the faith that they needed, because as you read through those stories, you'll see all the, the times that they had doubt and they had questions and they messed up. But they took their faith and they placed it in Jesus, who is perfectly trustworthy. So it's not about having the perfect amount of faith, and I need to pump up my faith. It's about where do I put my faith? And I put my faith in Jesus. So fear should cause us to run to Jesus. The second thing is that fear diminishes in relationship. Look at, look at what the disciples said right at the end of that, right? When they see Jesus, they wake him up and, and he calms the storm. What is their response? The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. These are the disciples. They've they've been following Jesus. They've sat through his teaching. They've seen him perform miracles. They were convinced that he was some kind of prophet, some kind of teacher, some kind of leader that was going to save them. But then all of a sudden they see him and they're like, maybe he's more than this. They knew that he was trustworthy. They didn't know to the extent that he was trustworthy. And so as they grew in their knowledge of who God was, we see them later on as you continue to follow through, that as they understood that he was God. Their trust grew as they grew closer to Jesus. And the same is true. As we grow closer in relationship, fear diminishes. We know that just in human relationships, right? That as we grow in relationship with one another, as we learn to trust one another, that trust can grow and fear diminishes. When my kids were growing up, Titus, my oldest son, used to have this, this thing where he, he trusted me and threw himself to me all the time. And our, our first house that we lived in, we had it was a beautiful old house with those beautiful wood stairs that were hard as can be and dangerous. And Titus 
would be like, Dad, and then just fling himself to me. Right? And so I just started to learn that any time that we were near any sort of elevation, if I heard the word Dad, I need to turn quick because Titus was midair already. <laughs> and he trusted that I would, wouldn't drop him. And I never did, thankfully. Right? There's, a, there's quite a few times that it was close and I was nervous because he didn't give me much warning. Right? But I, I just learned that, that if there was any sort of elevation or stairs, and he started, his trust grew. And he would go up quite a few ways up in these stairs, and he would just fling himself. And just to the, sorry, he just started looking through the window upstairs, and it got me in my heart for a second. <laughs> he's, he's smarter now that he won't do that. So that got me distracted. Right? But he just had this thing that he trusted, and, and as he tested it out, he knew that I, I would trust him, and I never dropped him. Right? And God is the same way with us, that as we learn to trust him, as we learn to know him and walk in obedience with him, we, he is trustworthy. And we can put our trust in him. And even though I'm a, a fallible human, and I've, I've failed my kids a time or two, I'm not perfect but we're learning to, to trust one another, right? And, and continuing to grow in that. And God is not like me. Because as much as I try to be a good dad who loves my kids and am trustworthy for them, I fail, but God does not fail. God is perfect. And he will never let us down. And so as we grow in relationship, fear diminishes. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I trust and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? And the third thing, the final thing I want to talk about today is that, that fear fails in light of truth. So fear diminishes in relationship, but it fails in the light of truth. Growing up, I, I remember this clearly. When I was in middle school, we used to go to this amusement park uh, in North Idaho, it's called uh, Silverwood, and I, I remember one day we went there, and there's this roller coaster. It's called the Corkscrew. All right, it's not that big of a roller coaster now that I look at it, but at the time, it was it was intense, right? It was a corkscrew. It had multiple loops, and it it, went, it was the highest ride in the park. And I really wanted to go on this ride, but I was terrified. And I remember my older brother David. Was, kept talking to me. He was like, yeah, you want to go on the ride? And I'm like, yeah, because I had told him I was going to do it. And he kept trying to get me to go on it. And we would get to, the close, to near the, the line, and then I'd chicken out, and we'd go do other things. But he kept at it throughout that day. And, and eventually, he talked me through it. And, and one of the things that he did is he reminded me of truth. Right? He talked about it. It's like this, this roller coaster wasn't just designed by some guy who's like, hey, I'm going to build a roller coaster. Everybody ride it, right? It was, it was engineered and planned for safety, so that people could have fun but be safe. And he reminded me of the fact that probably that morning there was crews that went out and inspected the ride before they just started putting people on it. And he reminded me of the truth that there's all these safety belts that you don't just sitting there hanging on, that you're actually buckled in for safety. And he reminded me of the fact that while I was debating whether I should go, probably 500 people had safely ridden it. And he reminded me of those truths. And as I, as I heard those truths and was reminded of those truths by somebody I trusted, we got in line. And we got on that roller coaster and he got in there right next to me and he continued to remind me of truth throughout it. And I was in middle school and he was in high school so we didn't hold hands because that would have been weird. 
because we are tough brothers, right? But then he, we rolled that roller coaster together. And I overcame that fear, not because I, I had all the confidence, but because I had somebody walk through it with me and remind me of truth. And, and we need to be reminded of truth. And we have to speak truth to ourselves. In the face of fear, we need to remind ourselves of truth. We need people like my brother who can speak truth into our lives. We need people who can remind us of the truth of who God is and what he says. We have the Holy Spirit within us to point us to truth. God's given us his word, which is truth. And parents, and, and I don't know if you guys know this, but, but over on the other side of the building, Miss Deanna's over there, and she keeps teaching our kids. And one of the things that she teaches our kids, every time she says the word Bible, you know what they say? True story. Right? She's got them trained, and it's not that she's trying to brainwash them, but she's trying to remind them of this truth, that the Bible is the source of truth. It is God's word to us, and we need to be encouraged by that. That from a young age, as they go out to face the world, they know that God's word is truth. And it's in the face of fear that we can speak truth. And when we speak truth, fear diminishes. That's what our kids would do, right? When my kids were little, they'd come in in the middle of the night scared and worried about something. And I could go and I would, I would remind them of truth. we walk into their room and I'd, I'd show them that the room is safe. Turn on the light in the closet if I need to. There's nothing in here to be afraid of. Close the door, tuck them in, remind them they're safe and they're cared for and they're loved and they're watched over and I'm protecting them. We need to do the same thing with God. Isaiah 41.10, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Maybe you need to read the truths of God's word and remind them to yourself as you face fear. God doesn't promise that as we follow him, he's going to take everything that we should be afraid of away. He doesn't promise that our lives are going to be perfect and there's nothing to be afraid of. He promises us that he will be with us and he will never leave us. In the face of fear, God is with us. We need to learn to speak truth and remind ourselves of who God says we are and who he is. Because when we speak truth, fear fails in the light of it. Fear reminds us that, that things are not as they should be. And so they should cause us to long for what is good and right and safe. And fear should point us back to the truth of Jesus. As we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know what, what may come our way. But we know this. We can surrender our fear to Jesus because Jesus will never leave us. Jesus will never fail us. He promised to never leave us and he never will. And so we can rest in that. And we can surrender our fear to a God who is perfect and who loves us and cares for us. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your truth that, that promises that, that you will never leave us. God, we thank you for the reminder that, that you are good and you love us, even, even though we're not necessarily lovable, 
Even though we didn't deserve your love, you loved us and you, you chose to chase after us and rescue us and redeem us. And, and you call us your children, sons and daughters of God. God, may we rest in that truth. And as fear arises, may we speak truth into that. May we grow closer to you and put our trust in you. Knowing that you are a secure, firm foundation. That you will never leave us, you will never fail us. But that you are good and you are with us always. God, may our fear diminish and fail in light of you. May we surrender our fear to you because you are good. Jesus, we ask this in your wonderful name. Amen. Would you please stand with us for a closing song?